Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. I'm Joshua Fisher, along with Alexander DeSabos and Nikki Snacks Kreider. This is the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. So get your horns up because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas podcast. New year, same thing. Two losses. The minute we start covering hoops, it just goes down uh, the crapper. Uh, we lose at Iowa State. We really were never had a shot at that one. They pretty much dominated us the whole time. It was it finished kind of close uh, score wise, uh, but they pretty much had that in the bag. And then we had Kansas State at home. They take the lead. We retake the lead and then just seemingly can't score a bucket for the last four or five minutes. Very yeah, one similar. point loss, brutal. Yeah, very similar to the Seton Hall uh, situation where we couldn't close or, or, or win at all uh, and put offensive pressure on them. And I'm looking at this team and in the grand scope of college basketball, Marcus Carr was phenomenal against Kansas State. He had many, many mental lapses against Iowa State. That was the first half against Iowa State was some of the sloppiest basketball I've seen Texas basketball play, period, uh, in my seven, eight years of being a fan uh, and watching them and following them. One game, it's AJ, AJ Andrew Jones. Another game, it's Marcus Carr. Timmy Allen's been pretty consistent. Mitchell's been in and out of the lineup to sue, in and out of the lineup. Ramey is being had left a lot to be desired last game. He shot pretty poorly. It's, it's just a situation of we haven't fully been on the court, similar to Kansas State, and we really need to figure out our personnel and figure it out fast because we've headed into the Big 12, and if the Big 12 early play has shown us anything, it is a gauntlet. There is no easy game in the Big 12. This 9-7 and seven Kansas State team, which we were playing at home, we lose to. Um Kansas obviously can win the whole thing. Baylor has spent weeks at number one. They can win the whole thing, go back to back. Uh, Tech is extremely dangerous. We've lost to Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, OU. You know, teams that we beat are not too shabby at all in tough games. The Big 12, like we discussed last time on our show, by and large, through and through, may be the best top to bottom conference, powerful oh, yeah. conference in, in, in basketball. There's not a single team in the Big 12 that has a losing record. It's which is nuts, and and rightfully so because anyone can honestly be anyone, or, or at the very worst, give them a, a tough time and run for their money. I look at college basketball, and it's rare you get. And I love just throw out some references of players we've seen in recent years. It's rare you have a guy like Carson Edwards, who's your best player and also your closer. I mean, that is just a special case scenario. This team does not have a guy yet, at least, who has stepped up and can end the game. 
Davion Mitchell was the best player on Baylor. I think we could all agree. But Jared Butler ultimately is the guy at the end of the game you want taking the shot and was their closer. We've seen situations for like Villanova where they've had guys who are the best player in their team, quote unquote, but other guys who stepped up and were able to close games and score for them. We just don't have that guy who can take over at the end of the game. And well, I mean, I, it's it's Marcus Carr. I hope. And is it is is it Marcus? Sometimes. Well, Sometimes. That's, that's who had, I mean, he had it. Granted, he had a good game against Kansas game. State. So part of the reason why he's taking that last shot is because you're riding the hot hand. But he took that last shot. It hit the rim twice. It was a, a decent look, step back too. But you basically just want him to go ISO and get some sort of clean look off. And he did. And he just didn't hit it. I, I think it's less about the last shot of the game and more so, you know, the last two and a half minutes, like you mentioned, where it was 65, 64 for way too long. And they had multiple looks and possessions where they could have gotten to the foul line or gotten in an open shot. I mean, the story to me, uh, this game against Kansas state, there were no glaring issues outside of the fact that we didn't shoot the three very well. We're not a great three point shooting team. We were shooting 32% across the year from the, from beyond the arc. And I think that a lot of our go-to buckets are mid-range pull-ups or, you know, a guard. We have some pretty big guards and they like to go ISO and they like to post up at the high post and, and shoot that fadeaway, um, the turnaround shot. Mm-hmm. But like Mitchell, it, there's not like a post look to Mitchell. That's not our go-to, right? No. I mean, we just, I, I, I felt like against Kansas State where our personnel was clearly better that they were playing better team basketball, getting better three-point looks, moving the ball more. It was less ISO basketball. And because of that, they ended up in the right position at the end to to knock us off. But that's a game you can't lose at home. You can't lose no. to a team that's one and four in the conference at home. Doug, you see this conference? No way. You got That's a game you take care of business for. That's incredibly important. And I, you are, you are, you're right. And maybe that's my issue where Carr does take the last shot. He does have a good game. It's just, and they move the ball well against OU, which is sad. Like, oh, you look great moved, against OU. I we mean, we were just the praising them about how well they played, and then they go out and drop two in a row. Yeah, we they moved the ball, except the Iowa State game was slop city. I don't know what that was, an unbelievably sloppy game, turnover after turnover. But the Kansas State game, a game you got to win. I mean, the team basketball just wasn't there. And maybe there, when it was car, just the last shot didn't seem, it was just janky. It wasn't planned out, it wasn't smooth. The ball moved around a little bit too much to a point where you were unsure if Carr was even going to take the last shot. He had the ball to start. I think it got transferred to Timmy Allen, and then Carr gets the ball back in his hands and takes a, a, a decent shot, not a great look. And I just wish that, you know, and it's something that's going to have to come with time because there's a lot of transfers. Carr's a transfer. Mitchell's a transfer. Bishop's a transfer. DeSue's a transfer. He's been out. Mitchell's been out. And Christian Bishop, I would love to see a little bit more out of him and get him keep getting him involved. Um, excuse a transfer that these guys got to figure out yeah, how to I mean, play within each other. They've only played 18 games together. It's under yes. 20 games. I mean, they've got to, they've got to figure out, you know, how to mold together and play as one uh, unit, but no, you're right. Um, I think right now though, like it's, it's a really critical time of the season, right. To kind of regroup and reassess, you know, what you've done and what you've been able to do to be successful and you know, what's hurt you. 
um, because these games are getting a lot harder, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're playing against Oklahoma State on Saturday that already beat you this season. Uh, then you got TCU, um, but then you play against Tennessee, who's also a nice ranked team, right? That's an out-of-conference game. Um, but then after that, Tech ranked, Iowa State ranked, Kansas ranked, Baylor ranked, OU ain't no slouch, then just doing it all over again. So, I mean, this is always going to be a tough stretch, but I think this is the time right now where you retool and you figure out, you know, what makes this team successful, figure out who your guys are, because if they keep dropping games like this, they're not going to make the, they're not going to make the tournament. No, I mean, you can't lose. I, I, I misspoke. We had lost to OK State. We had beaten Kansas State earlier. We played them twice. OK State at home is a must win. This TCU team, again, like the Big 12 is strong. You go to TCU. You have it, to wallop you, them. And then you have Tennessee's not an easy game. No, that Chandler's good. And Barnes, you know, is coming into his old stomping grounds looking for revenge. And that's a game you got to win at home as well. Well, uh, let it be a lesson. You know, they play Oklahoma State on Saturday. When the rankings get reset, I expect after this Kansas State loss that we probably won't be ranked. Shouldn't be. And we shouldn't be. I agree. And so you got to look at yourself in the locker room and Beard's got to bring the guys together and be like, look, look at all the talent. Look at all of you who have transferred here. Look what you're supposed to be able to do. And there's no number by our team right now. And let's change that. And, and let's win some games. And we have to execute in the first half and in the second half. I thought, I thought we played really well in the first half against Kansas State. I felt like we were in control of that game despite really breaking it open, getting that lead to 10 to 15 points. And that's something that they have to do. Right. And then, of course, in the second half, you have to execute, especially yeah. if you're not a three point team. Right. If you're not a team who's going to fill it up from beyond the arc, you have to be able to execute. You have to limit turnovers. You have to get to the free throw line. You have to be able to get easy buckets and you got to play lockdown D because you're, you're going to know that if you're not hitting shots at the end of the game, you have to have a comfortable lead eight to ten points so that when they hit two back to back threes, you're still leading. Right. Mm-hmm. I. Absolutely. It's just it's a tough it's a tough way to win in college basketball because refs let the guys get away with more than they do in the NBA. Sure. Guys, are, they really arm bar a lot. They really get into guys, especially when they get into the paint. I, Jay Billis has been just all over it this entire year. Um, basically just calling for the refs to actually call fouls when plays are fouls because guys are getting away with shovies, as you like to say, Josh, when they get into the paint and you got to be able to get past that. Yeah. You got to be able to take care of games that are must wins. It's interesting yeah. you bring that up. I think that, you know, letting them, letting the boys play a bit more. Younger guys, less experienced, not the NBA, one less foul than the NBA, five fouls in your toast Malone uh, on the court. But you bring up a great point. Like, if you cannot live and die by the three, which is not great, not ideal, but there have been teams that have gotten to the tournament that are not extremely explosive and, and gone far that are not extremely explosive offensive teams. Like those tech and Virginia teams like that met in the in the championship game. Like the Virginia team was better offensively, but that tech team was not anything to write home about offensively. It wasn't like a Villanova barn burner type team where they could run and go 90 on you, one of these Gonzaga teams. They're just, they just freak athletes on that team, I think. Freak athletes and sound basketball and played defensively. And, and a great coach. And, yeah, right. And a great coach. I mean, look, look, get to the line, foul some guys out and get physical. I don't I don't mind that brand of basketball at all. Um, but to go devil's advocate to your earlier point, Nick, they have only played 18 games together, but we don't have time. 
like time is of the essence, unfortunately. In, yeah, exactly. On college sports. And that's what I'm saying. Game. This this big chunk of uh, of season is really important. I mean, every game is important, of course, but like the middle chunk where like it's time to really kind of just step take a step back and figure out what's working, what's not working to reassess. I mean, that's crucial. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's a you read off the schedule a bit before. You you went three in a row. And against OK State at TCU and a great and a great Tennessee opponent in the SEC. And then you get to tech and you somehow, you know, get one at tech, which I think this tech team is, is still really good. It's a scary yeah. team. That old banner transfer is a nice transfer. You want to hope. Sorry, but you want to hope that by the time you get to tech where once you get to tech, you're getting four ranked games in a row against good teams. You want to hope that you're three, zero heading into that game, please. Please, I, I mean, mean, look, if you're if you win that, yeah, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, it's a big great situation, of course. No, one I, game at a time, yeah, one game at a time, but you know, we can take the macro approach and look Always. at the, the rest of the season, of course. And Here's the there's, thing. Th- there's 13 games left. Here's the thing it's good for us to take the macro approach because I want the team taking the macro approach, but as a, as a fan base, like you know. We want to look at the big picture. We want to we want to think about you know what the hypotheticals are, like you know what the situations are going to look like in a month from now. I mean, that's just kind of how fans are. Um, but if you, as a fan, the listeners out there, I mean, I'm sure sometimes you come to this podcast to listen about you know the negatives and and sometimes you know uh, sulk in, our, in your sorrows with us because Texas had a string of bad luck. But there's also a lot of great things happening right now with Texas, right? Yeah. Moving on. The baseball team is ranked number one in the preseason rankings. I mean, that is something that is huge, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, an organization, a, a team that has always been been really, you know, really strong, uh, is just going to kind of put their staple on college baseball this season, I think, and um, it'll be a fun one. I mean, it's 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 time for one of the teams to really step it up and bring Texas back, whether that's in basketball, football, or baseball some of the women's sports. You know, we need a true national champion. Yes, true. And I think baseball, college baseball, weirdly, has been on the rise, much more of a slow burn um, than a lot of the, you know, the college sports. I mean, we like to compare baseball, basketball and football from a, from a men's standpoint um, and look at it in that lens and the NBA uh, to college basketball. Obviously, professional sports are a bit bigger, but the margin from NFL to college football is not that big. From NBA to college basketball is a little bigger, but still not that big. But MLB to college baseball is still massive. Like baseball is still much professional baseball is still much more widely appreciated than college baseball, and that's a lot to do with high school players. You know, going in, in some areas, I do think in in the South, college baseball is very popular. Like in Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Nebraska, know, Arkansas. Yeah. Like, yeah, like these understandable, but I the think programs that, are good basically. Yeah, I, I Arkansas is a great one to throw out there, Nick. I, I think that this is a time where baseball is rising, and I would love for our team to capitalize. It's great that we're ranked number one. It's great that, you know, we discussed Gary Patterson coming in. He was at the basketball game in Longhorn gear. Now he's going to be a Longhorn yep. uh, and work with our defense. A guy who has beaten us and <laughs> is a defensive wizard many, many times and is a good recruiter. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing for us. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings on it just because, you know, he was the old enemy. But, man, the guy has been able to pull in some big time recruits his entire career. Right. TCU is not that blue blood program that we are now that he has a blue blood like us. Imagine what he can do for us. I mean, I'm pumped to have him. I mean, he's he's always been a great you know mind in college football and he's had our number of many years. So I'm glad that he's uh, he's on our staff now and. I'm really excited about all the transfers happening. I mean, there's definitely a lot of guys that are still out there that are waiting to commit, 
on the high school level, but also in the transfer level because transfer portal just doesn't sleep. I mean, it's just bananas 24-7. And uh, we really reap the benefits on um, Jaleel Bildensley uh, out of uh, Alabama, the tight end. I mean, he's going to look good in burnt orange and white. Uh, mm. Billingsley, party at Taylor's house tonight. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's unfortunate that Drew Sanders looks like he's going to, he went to uh, Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Um, but hey, again, like, look, kudos to Arkansas. They've, they're building something out there. But, you know, having Gary Patterson in the mix and in the fold, uh, he's a he's a head coach at TCU 20 plus years. Like the guy was there from 2000 to 2021, pretty much as long as we've been able to watch college football. Um, extremely experienced. He's a winner in bowl games, overall winner, you know, and, and he's a coach of the year, you know, he was one coach of the year twice, AP coach of the year twice. So again, I think it's a good coach guy. A lot of pros too. hundred I percent. Mean, if you think guys don't you know, care about that, he, he's going to have an instrumental part of recruiting and bringing these guys to the next level. I mean, you just look at the guys that came out of TCU that are now in the NFL. I mean, there's a good amount of them. Yeah. And we talk about holding the coaching staff to how we hold the, the players similarly like I love PK and I don't, I don't want, I don't, I, I don't, okay. I don't love PK. I love the idea of giving PK another chance. Let me say that. I love the idea of giving PK another chance, but light a fire under his ass. I'm sorry. If we're like, okay, let's get as many recruits as possible to light fires under the guys ahead of them's ass and let them know it's next man up. Like, sorry. Like if Gary so Patterson, be so be it. This is not, this isn't like hold hands time anymore. Like this has gone on long enough. And in the college basketball program, I love what Beard's been doing to circle back to them of trying to build the fan base and invigorate the fan base and, you know, involving them with Hawaiian shirt guy, too loud guy and like inviting fans and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. There comes a time where at the end of the day, all that matters is winning. You got to be able to win. Gary Patterson just gives us a better chance to win on the defensive side of the football. Bottom line. Yeah. Uh, Couple other things to note, Please. Nick. You mentioned the preseason <laughs> rank for the for the baseball team, uh, number one. The women's uh, softball team preseason top ten. They're number nine. Love it. Women's tennis right now is number one. Men's tennis, I think, is number three, maybe number four. Um, so as always, the other sports at the University of Texas are competing and competing at a high caliber level uh, at a championship level. So hopefully that will bleed into, you know, the rest of the athletics department, Mm -hmm. football team, basketball team. Last thing I'll say about the basketball team, there's 13 games left. You don't want to be in a situation where you have to win the big 12 tournament to make it to the NCAA tournament, to make it to March Madness. Put yourself in a position where you've won enough games where you're locked into the NCAA tournament. That way, you don't have to win. I mean, imagine what that's like. The pressure of having to win out in the Big 12 tournament and in March Madness, that's Uh, that's too much pressure. I'm going to put my head in the damn toilet if that's the case. I swear to God, I'm going to be so angry. And I know it'll come down to that Kansas State game. Women's basketball beat Iowa State. We're recording Wednesday night. Women's basketball beat number seven, Iowa State. They're uh, number 13, I believe, or 15, sorry. Uh, so, again, like you were saying, Toss, every other program is taking care of business, but you don't want to be in a position. If we're in a position where you have to win the Big 12 tournament to get into the thing, like at this point, like just I'm going to get a bus cut and get a ranch in Montana and just call it a day. Um, Doesn't but, sound too bad. 
Yeah. Shout out to Quan. We didn't give Quan a shout out at the top of the show. We miss him. Quan's on vacay. Just three of us talking today. He's um, in Florida. He's in Florida. We'll have him back next week. Hopefully we have a good guest in there for you guys to chop it up on some stuff. Uh, hopefully we have, to- have, we have some more transfers coming in uh, the transfer portal. I mean, we've got a couple of guys that are crystal ball to us right now. Uchon Mathis at TCU. I mean, that kind of seems a little bit, uh, you know, too good right now. I mean, it seems like Gary Patterson comes in and he brings in one of his guys. Then there's Jalen Moody as well, who's still out there from Bama. So those are some guys on the defensive side of the ball to look after. And don't be surprised if they add another receiver as well. I don't know where that's going to come from, but they need help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it seems like a DJ Cobb for the TCU guys. So we love to see that. Um, and we're also brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Place money down, win big, win money. We love to see you do it. Fans out there, I'm Joshua Fish along with Alexander Gasopoulos and Nicholas Snacks. Crider, shout out to Quan Cosby. Get your horns up. We're the Talking Texas Podcast. Hook them. We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.